Welcome back to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message entitled, Running on Empty, from Jude, chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. A Christian may feel empty, but in reality, a Christian never is empty. Jesus promised that he would never leave nor forsake us, that he would be with us always, even to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and we will never be absent from Him ever again. He provides us with fulfillment. So Christian, stop running on empty. Here's Pastor Tim. All right, there are people who are living empty lives. An empty life is like a shipwrecked life. It's like a secluded life. Number three, an empty life is a selfish life. You say, Tim, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like that. That didn't fit together. How, how am I being selfish? I'm the one who's empty. I'm the one who needs somebody to come sit with me. I'm, I'm the one who needs somebody to pay a little bit of attention to. Right, what, what was the subject of each one of those sentences? I. The empty person lives with I in the middle. They live as if everything in life revolves around them. And they get it from the lifestyle of these kinds of false teachers, these dreamers, so to speak. Notice what he says in verse number 12 as we continue on. He says, these are spots, or these are the, those reefs hidden in your love feast. But look at this. While they... Feast with you without fear. Without fear of what? Well, they're teaching something wrong. They feast without fear because they're, they're not afraid of being held accountable. They're not afraid of their errors being pointed out. They're not afraid of somebody taking the Bible and saying, Listen, this is what the Bible says. Listen. If I tell you something that is incorrect, something that is biblically inaccurate, not only should you, you must say, Tim, this is what the Bible says. Because that's what matters, isn't it? Doesn't matter what Tim says. Doesn't matter what Tim's opinion is. It doesn't matter anymore my opinion versus the truth anymore than it matters what my, <laughs> what my appetite is versus what you're going to have on Wednesday night. It is a selfish life. They feast without fear. But look at this next phrase. Serving only themselves. Who do they care about? Not the church member. Who do they care about? Not the Lord's glory. Who do they care about? Not the lost person who needs Christ. Who do they care about? Not the person who is in desperate need. Who do they care about? Not the person who is in anguish in their empty life. They care about themselves. Serving themselves, feeding themselves, and looking out for their own interest. When they consider a church, 
They simply ask themselves, what can this church do for me? Instead of asking the question, what might I do to help this church? God didn't send one person here to be a sponge. Every person here, He's sent to be a funnel. You ought to receive a lot, and you ought to give it away in concentration. Don't be selfish. It is an earmark of an empty life. Number, what are we on, four? Number four. An empty life is a substandard life. It's a substandard life. None of these things that we've mentioned so far have been God's purpose for His people. God has a purpose for your life. We run on empty because we've gotten away from what God has designed for us. Outside of God's purposes, even at your very best, even at your very best, is still substandard for what God has designed for you. God has more in store for you than you could ever imagine. The Bible says, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man, your imagination. The wonderful things that God has prepared for His people. You say, well, he's just talking about heaven, is he? Has he not prepared an abundant life for you here? Yet we seem to be content living with less and doing less. The balance of verse number 12 and all of verse number 13, Jude is reminding us about how Jesus talked in parables, and He uses parables. He uses these object lessons to remind us what an empty life really is like and how we should avoid that. He gives us four different examples. One from the, scri- one from the sky, one from among the shrubs, one from the sea, and one from space. I want us to look at each one of those. Number one, like the sky, life's promise is unfulfilled. Like the sky, life's promises of you, the the promise that comes with God's purpose for your life goes unfulfilled when you don't follow His plan. When you try to figure that out all on your own. When you find it okay to simply live or run on empty. You see, in normal weather cycles, the clouds appear, produces the rainfall, and the farmers are ecstatic, right? They're happy for that rainfall that's to come. Every now and then, a big old black cloud comes up in the sky. Now, you might not be excited about that, but the farmer is. That big old black cloud carries with it the promise of rain, which is the promise of crops, 
There's a promise of abundance, the promise of harvest, the promise of having his needs met. Ever have those occasions when that big old black cloud simply seems as if it's pushed a little harder by the wind? It just bypasses you all together. Those hot, dry summers. You talk to somebody else on the other end of town, and they talk about how, boy, it sure is raining over here. What do you say? We ain't got a drop over here. It's a promise that goes unfulfilled. That's what an empty life is like. Look at what Jude says. Right there in the middle of verse number 12, after he says that they feast with them, serving only themselves. He says, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds. The clouds were to bring the rain. And they didn't. Your life is to glorify God. But what if it's not? Your life is intended to be full and abundant. But what if it's not? It's like a cloud that produces no water. That's his example from the sky. Number two, like the shrub, life's potential is untapped. If you have a promise from God, it is based on His purpose for you. The potential that you have to fulfill that is found not in your own strength, but in His power. He provides the power to fulfill the promise. But when you take matters into your own hands, and all you have is your own strength, the potential that God had placed there goes untapped. That's what you see in Jude's next illustration. Look at what he says there at the end of verse number 12. Late autumn trees. Trees that are designed to produce fruit. These are autumn trees. It's the harvest time. It's time, it's time to go up to North Georgia, to go up to Ella J in that area, and find apple trees that are filled with apples. What if you go up to Ella J at harvest time in the autumn and there are no apples? Notice what he says. It's not just autumn. It's late autumn. They've had all, those trees have had all season long to be able to develop and produce fruit. And now they've even had a little extra time on top of that. A little measure of grace. Still, they produce no fruit. He says those trees are twice dead. And what's the farmer going to do? Pull them up by the roots. You might not exactly be in the late autumn part of your life. But many of you have been a Christian long enough that you should be producing fruit by now. If your limbs are empty 
there's a problem. And it might be that your faith becomes more like James describes as a dead faith. It has no more fruit. Or as Jude says, is twice dead and has no fruit. It's a substandard. God designed that you would produce fruit. God designed your life that you would fulfill the promises. But like the sky and like the shrubs, oftentimes those things remain empty. Here's a third illustration for you when we get to verse number 13. Like the sea, life's passion is uncontrolled. We are passionate creatures. We love people and we care about things and we have our favorites. You see it during baseball season. You see it during college football season. You see who's passionate about what team. In this case, those passions are not rightly directed. They are out of control. Notice what he says as he begins verse number 13. They are like raging waves of the sea. That's what our emotions become like. That's what our passions become like. Everything is stirred up. The things that seem to be good are the best that they've ever been. But the bad things that happen to us, are the worst things that could ever happen. We live on a roller coaster. We live in an empty life. It's like the sea. Raging waves. Notice what he says in this next phrase. Foaming up their own shame. Foaming up their own shame. You ever... You ever pour a cup of Coca-Cola that's fresh? You got your ice cubes in there already? Or if you can get you some of that good Chick-fil-A ice, you know, that's even better, right? Take that Coca-Cola and you pour it in, and the Coke begins to fill up. But what's at the top? Foam, fizz, right? As a kid, I used to like to grab it and drink it. Drink that fizz. Ain't a whole lot to the fizz, is it? Except tickling your nose and putting, putting stuff on your face. Foam is not what the sea is about. The sea is to be directed. Your love and your passions are to be directed towards God and towards others. Not raging wildly, out of control, bringing, bringing no real fruit just simply foam. They're out of control. And then number four, like space, life's path is unkept. Because God has a purpose for your life that fills you with promise. That promise then fills you with potential to which God's power will help you to fulfill it. But if my passions get away from what God has intended, 
I'm going to find myself on a path that's different than what God had intended. Notice what he says in verse 13. They are like wandering stars, shooting stars, meteors, comets that you see for just a moment and then they shoot off into a direction where they're not supposed to go. And then they just disappear. He says they disappear because they are reserved the blackness of darkness forever. An empty life feels just like that. A person whose life has gotten off track outside of the will of God will eventually feel just like that, the blackness of darkness, and think that it lasts for forever. Let me give you good news, believer. It doesn't have to last for forever. Let me give you good news, unbeliever. It doesn't have to last forever. If you would but give your heart to Jesus, He would give you His purpose. He would give you His power. He would help keep you on that path that He's designed for you, if you would just yield to Him. Believer, you've already done that. So, so why do you feel empty? Why, why do we feel empty when Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you? When Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. When the Holy Spirit comes in and is actually residing in me. How can I feel empty? Because I've gotten away from God's plan. And I've resorted to my own power. So believer, what are you supposed to do? Well, let me ask you this. If you leave this place today, and you get in your car, and you crank it up, and your gasometer, whatever, <laughs> reads E, that doesn't stand for enough, by the way. If it reads E, what are you going to do? I'm going to go fill my tank. Believer, what do you do when you're running on empty? You fill your tank. How do I do that? Best tool you have is the tool that you have right here in your hand. Spend time in God's Word. The Bible does say, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And what will He do? He will direct your path. Get back into the Word. Now listen, I know I'm telling you something now that I really should be telling somebody else. But get back to church. Not just coming and sitting and being an observer. 
Get involved in your church. Find a way to serve. Like those people served yesterday. Just packing backpacks. Like those people served here yesterday, just making sure that your seats are where they're supposed to be. Like the people next Saturday are going to serve by trying to reach the people in South Columbus with the gospel. Not like this, not serving themselves, but get in your church and serve others. And let me give you one more. Maybe you want to jot this verse down. You may already know it. It's Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The tense that's there says this, be being filled. Keep on being filled. Just because you gave your heart to Jesus one time, just because you walked the aisle one time, just because you came to the altar one time, doesn't mean that you're full today. Be being filled with the Spirit. That's where you'll find His power. And that's where you'll find your meaning. And your life will be fuller than you ever even thought possible. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. All right. The heads are bowed and the eyes are closed. Because nobody wants to be seen at this point raising their hand. Are you running on empty today? Anybody? You feel like, what I do doesn't even matter. What difference does it even make? It doesn't have to be that way. If you would but yield to Him today, He can give your life meaning and purpose and fulfillment. Father, I pray that your spirit right now, who wants to fill every person in this room, would have freedom to draw us, to woo us, to gather us in close to you. I pray, Father, that you'd bless every person here with the working of your spirit in their life at this very minute. Help us to do right now what we ought to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand with me where you are? Listen, if I can pray with you about something, I will. If you want to give your heart to Christ, I want to help you to do that. If you want to plant your life in our church, I want to help you do that. Truth of the matter is, you have access to God. You ought to come to the altar. You say, well, can I pray right here? Sure you can. There's something special about getting in an altar before God and pouring out your heart to Him. It's there for you if you want it. Okay? Let's do what we all. Sean? Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your 
Savior, and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.